For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mass shootings happen exactly as reported, or the facts are spun for our consumption, there is a clear agenda at work. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, 3 to 5.30 today, but we are getting closer. I do cover the stories of the week, the biggest ones from my unique perspective. And this week, of course, uh, the shooting that was reported out of Parkland in Broward County, Florida, The report is that 17 are dead, 14 are wounded at the hands of a 19-year-old troubled student, former student of that high school. Uh, And for me, it's tricky, these, these situations. No matter what you think about what, what really happened if you're getting the facts as they occurred, if they really are organic and spontaneous events, or if there's some sinister forces behind them, in addition to the <laughs> sinister forces that seems to be operating within the shooters. Uh, you know, even if you think this is a plan, a strategy of tension, uh, uh, promoting an agenda, exploiting a crisis, It doesn't mean you don't sympathize with people, truly horrific, sympathy, devastating horror at the tragedy, this tragedy, the tragedy in people's lives, generally, it's devastating. I've had tragedy in my life. It's terrible. And I sympathize with people who have those tragedies. What I do not like is that the emotionalism that surrounds these stories are exploited by those who would have their own interests served or their policies pushed or whatever so that you don't analyze the the things that you would normally analyze. So you, you don't analyze causal relationships. Uh, you don't analyze, you don't confirm, you don't insist on the evidence and the facts of the case being proven, and that is absolutely critical because if the facts of this case are exactly as they're shown, and this is part of a pattern, I read in a, in a Stanford source, Stanford Geospatial Center, that mass shootings have gone up 800% since 1999. That's, if those facts are correct, that is what is called a paradigm shift it's like a, a change, you know, a fundamental change in society or in human nature. So you got to confirm that we're really, those things are really happening as reported. They're categorized properly. Uh, and then you want to think about what are the causes of these 
So really analyze the causal relationships, really analyze the policy prescriptions that are being put forward, because what you want to do is take your principles, your tried and true principles, and apply them to the problems. But when there's an alleged a paradigm shift underway, the world is different, man is different, society is different, we need different fundamental laws, you better make sure you're right about this. So... So I'm going to, this is a little more complicated than I normally do straight out of the gate, but Peggy Noonan today in the Wall Street Journal listed off the things that she thinks are the causal relation of this paradigm shift, of this change in society, in this country. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to read you, rattle off some of the things she's citing, and I'm going to tell you after that why I don't buy any of it for a second. I have one simple reason, and I think it's very compelling. So this is what she says. She said, what has happened the last 40 years or so to produce a society so ill at ease with itself, so prone to violence? This is the question she poses, and here are her answers. We've been swept by social, technological, and cultural revolution. The family blew up, divorce, unwed childbearing, fatherless sons, fatherless daughters, poor children with no one to love them. The internet flourished, porn proliferated, drugs, legal and illegal, violent video games, uh, abortion regime, Uh, increasingly violent entertainment culture. Old longing for integration gave way to a culture of accusation. You're a supremacist, a misogynist, uh, privileged. You're defined by color and class. So she goes through all of the cultural changes over the past decades and says this is why we are a more violent society. Here's the problem. We are not a more violent society. This 800% increase in mass shootings is a a complete anomaly from the overall trend. Violent crime peaked in this country in the early 90s, and since then it has plummeted. Violent crime has is down 49 percent since 1991. Uh, I saw one article that kind of echoes what Peggy Noonan was saying here, but from a real left perspective, saying that threat to masculine identity and threat to white male privilege has resulted in this backlash. Then I would ask the author. Why rape has plummeted 33% from 1990 to 2016. So over this period of time, antidepressant use has increased, gun ownership has increased, violent crime has plummeted, rape has plummeted, homicide has plummeted, suicide is, there was one not very compelling chart from The Economist claiming that suicide went up 24% over that time. It kind of bounced around, it wasn't a straight line. But let's say antidepressants went up 65%, Suicide went up 24%. I can see, they say, like, completely weirdly, that antidepressants can increase the rate of suicide. I mean, that's true. It's just a bizarre side effect. So maybe there is a correlation there. But it if you would think that if this 800% increase in mass shootings was a function of any of this stuff, it would be highly correlated with easier-to-accomplish crimes. Or if mass shootings in schools going up tremendously, suicide at school, which is a statistic, would go up. But that has not gone up. So I reject the idea that this is an organic manifestation of a changed society. And I would say there are forces at work that are promoting this particular agenda. Maybe it's just the way they spin it. Maybe it's how they they categorize this news. Maybe it's that they promote it so much in the news that uh, it actually makes the incident 
of these events go up, it would be very easy to say, hey, for national security reasons or out of simple good taste, we don't report on these stories. If that's the single factor that could be leading to this spike in this one category in an atmosphere of otherwise plummeting crime, then don't do it anymore. But I would just say I call into question the the fundamental statistic they're talking about here. And then uh, from that, I would say, look at this particular case. It's a little uh, the facts of the case are, are weird. This guy, one thing that you don't hear about at all. And I want to play, I want to lay out for you the agenda items that are being promoted within 24 hours of this event. The governor of Florida, the sheriff uh, of Broward County, the attorney general of Florida, and the superintendent in Broward County of schools got together and gave a press conference within 24 hours in which they promoted their policy agenda, where they wanted money to go. It was extremely distasteful. And I could play each one of those little snippets for you to lay out in their own words what they're after. But the guy leading the charge here is the sheriff, Sheriff Scott Israel, who does not nowhere does he mention or does anybody point out that he used to live in Parkland and maybe still does. His kids, his triplets were in Parkland school, this school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas School. Uh, at the same time, Nicholas Cruz supposedly was there and he himself was a football coach at that school. This is in this guy's backyard and he is crying out to D.C. for help. Uh, with their laws at the same time or uh, over the years this sheriff went to Quantico to get training from the FBI on national and international police matters communication I mean this guy's pushing an agenda and we need to be aware of it regardless of the devastation of tragedies like this there's a lot a lot to talk about here Um, but I've been really thinking hard about What's going on and why? And uh, and I want to talk to you about it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Binkley, um, give me a tweet. All right, we have one from Chris. Chris says, I think this guy should have been caught on terroristic threats. This is a jailable offense. My little brother got jail time. Why not this kid? The FBI homeland defense are full of incompetence. Planning mass murder can be an offense. That's very interesting. And I uh, I saw that tweet a while ago. Um, but since then, just completely by coincidence, I recalled this story that I talked about on the air five years ago. A kid, Justin Carter, who was put in jail for months for making a terroristic threat online. He threatened a school shooting in the context of a video game he was playing. He ended his post with LOL and JK, and he was in jail for months to the point where he was developing psychological problems. They wouldn't give him bail. It's been five years. It actually happened on February 14th, 2013, which was the five years ago on the day of this Parkland uh, event. And he only, and this is the weird coincidence, this Tuesday, February 20th, he will finally get his day in court. Talk about a speedy trial. Five years it's taken him to get his trial. And this is for a terroristic threat. This guy could face 10 years in jail for saying virtually the same, making the same type of threat that Nicholas Cruz made. There's so many, you know, so... So look at the policies that they're talking about changing. And I really want to hit that big thing that you and I flagged both separately 
uh, on Sheriff Israel's what I think is his absolute number one goal. Let's play that at the bottom of the hour. Maybe if we want to get to some calls or more tweets at Monica Perez Show, 800-WSB-TALKER. You can call 404-872-0750. We'll get to um, what I think is is Sheriff Israel's uh, absolute agenda for taking away a very important right of ours. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You maniac! You blew it up! On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Breeze outside the studio. Skies are sunny with scattered clouds. The weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. I'm going to the phones. 800 WSB Talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Jamal Indicator, you're on with Monica. Jamal, did I catch you off guard? I'm going right to you. Oh, Jamal, I am going to put Jamal on hold and then come back to him because I really wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh, and I'm going to go to AJ in Woodstock. Hey, AJ, you're on with Monica. Hey, man, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Doing good. I just wanted to bring up one good point about uh, been changing the meaning of different things, such as mass shooting. Uh, they've actually included more scope of people, so mass shootings are more prevalent nowadays. Like when a uh, cop shoots at multiple uh, suspects, they call that a mass shooting. And that, once you change the meaning of the word, you start using the words like the old way, and it's deceptive. Well, you, it certainly renders the statistics meaningless. Correct. You can't you can't ga- gather anything about trends. So then, there is no increase. Is that what you're suggesting? I, I don't know. I, I am suggesting they are changing the statistics to show an increase. But surely, you don't think that these mass shootings that have a dozen or more people year after year. I mean, I don't remember this when I was growing up. Do you think they weren't well, reporting it back then? I'm sure there was incidents back then that they were not reporting as much, but I remember going to high school and kids, because I grew up in a rural area, and they had uh, rifles and everything in the back of their truck. I mean, after they got out of high school, principal didn't say anything. They went hunting and they fed their families. Well, then and, you're not probably going to have as much violence at the school because you've got all these regular kids who can defend themselves. Well, not only defend themselves, they were taught respect. That's the other thing, is a lot of the families are not teaching respects. They're door-locked kids. I mean, people aren't in people's lives anymore. In the inter- I mean, as such as that, I mean, in elementary school, all the kids carried pocket knives. And oh, now you carry yeah. a pocket knife now. It's not a tool anymore. They consider it a weapon. Yeah, my son is a Boy Scout, and they, and also at his survival camp, he calls it, but it's just camp. They learn how to use knives. Yeah, it is. It's important. Um I want to get some more calls. 800-WSB-TALK. Tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Well, no one's going to top that. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. The Baker Act in Florida allows law enforcement or medical professionals to confine a person involuntarily while they get examined and looked at. But you have to have a reason. You have to be able to articulate that they're a threat to themselves or a threat to someone else. 
what I'm asking our lawmakers to do or go back to places like Tallahassee, places like Washington, D.C., and give police the power if they see something on social media, if they see graphic pictures of rifles and blood and gore and guns and bombs, if they see something, horrific language, if they see a person talking about, I want to grow up to be a serial killer, we need to have the power to take that person and bring them before mental health professionals at that particular time, involuntarily, and have them examined. People are going to be rightfully so concerned about their rights, as am I. But what about the rights of these students? What about the rights of young kids who go to schools with book bags and pencils? Don't they have the right to be protected by the United States government to the best of our ability? And that's what we'll be doing. This is Monica Perez on WSB. Uh, That was Sheriff Scott Israel of Broward County within 24 hours of this event calling for... Uh, he was criticizing the Baker Act, which, by the way, I read an article from a local um, news outlet for, in Florida that Nicholas Cruz's brother, Zachary Cruz, who I can find no record of, no pictures, nothing, had been forcibly incarcerated under the Baker Act. I mean, that's really weird. I got to see if I can verify that. But that was weird. Uh, But what Sheriff Israel is saying is the problem with the Baker Act is you have to have a reason (laughs) to incarcerate somebody against their will. Someone who knows you has to say that there's a threat to a person or themselves or to somebody else. And what he wants is he wants to go to D.C. So he wants it to be national. Now, this is a guy who was trained in Quantico, Quantico by the FBI and international policing or whatever they call it with communication skills and all this kind of stuff. This guy is a very high level operator. As a matter of fact, he was his campaign was tainted with scandal for reporting as fifteen hundred dollars. The value of a trip he was given that was actually worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that was given to him by a pro-Israel PAC. Now, this is a sheriff in Broward County. Like, why would a foreign country care about that? You know, he he controls $2 billion. He's got 6,000 people under his control. He, Broward County, is 2 million people, if I read Wikipedia correctly. Yet, all this happened in a school where he was a coach, a football coach, where his kids, his triplets, went to school. They're one year older than this Nicholas Cruz. They had to have known him. So, but he's saying, so, so the brother was incarcerated against his will, you know, according to this article I read, he personally, his family had to have personal interaction with this kid and yet they fell through the cracks and he wants to go to DC for help. He wants the police to have the power to, uh, hold people involuntarily for pictures of guns on social media. Now, I did look into a little bit what can disqualify you from having a gun. And I think the federal statute says if you were incarcerated against your will for evaluation for mental health purposes for 72 hours, you're disqualified from having a gun. So what he is calling for, so if you post a picture of a gun, maybe you want a gun, you know, that you de facto are mentally ill and can't have a gun. I mean, it's really dangerous. Because even in the Wall Street Journal today, uh, Holman Jenkins said that we we need to have some basis in law for action on people who set off alarm bells but haven't done anything illegal. And he cites specifically uh, uh, they should track and act on every time you visit a gun store, which counter you linger over. 
He says that all, all, he said a fact now can usefully be faced. A lot more people enjoy guns than become mass killers, but an excessive fascination with guns is a hallmark of mass killers. It's also a hallmark of the sovereign citizen. It's also a hallmark of militiamen, of people who want to exercise their Second Amendment right, not only to protect from foreign invaders, but to protect themselves from an overreaching government, which this guy is talking about. It's very, uh, I could go on and on, but I won't because I really want to hear what you have to say. Do do we have a tweet handy? Did I, am I surprising you, Binkley, with a request for tweet? I think, I think you did. Didn't you have one? You highlighted one that you wanted to share with me. Jenny, maybe? Yes, I do have one. Jenny tweets that if these morons would just throw the shooters in a hole without glamorizing them, without ever uttering their names, that would help. Yes, I uh, I like that one, but um, I noticed that she qualified and was like, "I'm not saying take away their rights and throw." Yeah, if they're re- you know if they really did it, what what she was saying was that you're glamorizing it and that um, don't do it. And I totally agree. I mean, they they're happy to censor so much of the news for imaginary national security reasons. And this one, which might actually be, uh, you know, I think we could all agree just to voluntarily do it. Why doesn't the media just voluntarily do it? Just say, you know what, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah. CNN Uh, said they had a policy of not saying his name, and then they just said his name a whole bunch. (laughs) But they show it. I mean, they do make this the story. Everything breaks down. You probably don't even know what was going on in the world. Russian indictments and, um, you know, the immigration bill failed. But we're we're thinking about this kid. And with all the 24-7 news coverage, we're not actually getting any facts, any documentation, any evidence. We don't know what's going on with this kid. I don't know. So anyway, I want to see if Jamal is back. Jamal Indicator, you're on with Monica. Hey, yeah. So actually, that the clip, the news conference clip, um, changed. You know what I was going to say. I mean, I mean, the, the situation reminds me of nine eleven. Um, you know, you create you create a circumstance where you know it encourages these these school shootings, even though the definition of shooting of mass shootings is is, is pretty broad. But the you encourage these school shootings, and then you know something happens, and then you have a ready to go package of you know, civil liberty encroachment. Yeah, and and uh, if you're talking about the USA Patriot Act, some interesting little facts about that. Joe yeah, Biden claims to have written that before, during, or after the Oklahoma City bombing. Well, well you know, the Patriot Act, you know, yeah. Clinton and these guys and and everybody before him had um, pushed elements of that, you know, try to get it through. And then, um, boom, 9-11, and um, it's ready to go, yes. like, in, in, in 30 days. Did you know that there was a World Trade Center bombing in 93 that killed six people? Do you remember that? Yeah. That was a proven FBI sting operation. There's, like, 100 hours of audio right. on that. They were, The guy, the inside job operative guy, called the guy later and recorded it and said, you said that the explosives would be dummies, and they're not. And the guy's like, oh, you know... Yeah, Things a change on that one too. Say it again. That was a blind shake on that one, also. Yeah, but I, but I'm saying they, you yeah. know, you you can't. These things are happening for. Maybe they're happening organically. Maybe it's this insane. No, 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 <laughs> you, you know. No, you, I'm sorry. You mentioned like the the depressive, the increased use of depressive. 
you know, antidepressants, right? Antidepressants, yeah, drugs. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the correlation between, you know, fewer depressed people, but also a spike in suicides. I mean, those those, those do go together. You know, that is true. But you know, you, you but a, the, if you get like, yeah. I'm sorry, if you get like a spike, you know, there's a few people, mm-hmm. you know, on depressives and they're going to act extremely violently. But here's what I'm saying. No, no. Now, I don't know if they're going to act extremely violently. I agree with you on the suicide thing. But I'm saying if you're going to get people who act extremely violently, you're not going to see it in this, like, five more people a year doing mass shootings and violent crime plummeting by 50%. You know what I mean? That doesn't make sense. I mean, but if you encourage the outliers, like, there's, there's a lot of instances, like, the the guy, the, the, um, it was in, it was, you know, he... he um, the veteran, um, he, 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 he shot up the airport in Florida. Yeah, under um, the same sheriff's watch, by the way, yeah, Sheriff yeah. Israel in Broward yeah, County. Yeah, and and the um, you know, and that, that was, and first of all, that was the airport vulnerability that the TSA doesn't address. And then, um, um, and then it was in the news for a little bit, and then it's gone. But and here's the yeah. So what's your that. point of that? And then I want to address something. <laughs> My, my point is, is that, you know, that incident, you know, sort of, sort of, uh, for me, highlights the fact that, that uh, you know, a lot of stuff is strictly about in- civil liberty encroachment. You know, I mean, a lot of the liberties we've given up don't increase security at all. Yes. And, uh, um, yes. That I, incident I... highlights that. Okay, here's what I have to say about this. You just said something really important. It exposed a vulnerability. And I have noticed that I went to law school. You would always talk about hypotheticals. This is how you figure out the law. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? When you, what it seems to me is when people are talking about hypotheticals that never really happen, it's very, it's easy for them to say, okay, these are my principles. I deserve my guns. Yes, there's a hypothetical chance that something bad could happen. But in net, in our experience, this is the better way to do it. If all of a sudden those hypothetical scenarios start coming to life and start dominating your idea of what reality is, you're going to start questioning your fundamental principles. This is what is a paradigm shift. And I'm saying I don't think there is a paradigm shift underway. I think that we're being told there's a paradigm shift. I think these hypotheticals that would convince people if they were reality, but in your own experience, you know it doesn't really happen that way. When these things start dominating what you think happens, you will change your position on policy, which is why, in my opinion, it is absolutely positively vital, critical to get to the bottom of the facts in these cases, to really get to the evidence. And a lot of times you can go to YouTube and go- and search for, uh, you know, if you, if you were a Parkland shooting false flag, most of the stuff that came back would be junk. But a few things would be interesting. Like, how did this guy know that? Why was this guy there? Look at this weird thing. You do that now, and very little comes up. In the in the past couple of weeks, I think they have seriously cracked down on uh, on the f- open YouTube. But I, I want to get to another call before I have to take a break. Thanks, Jamal. Uh, I am going to A.T. Elian in Monroe. How you doing, bro? Good. Thanks for taking my call. A favorite tweet? And, uh... Regular listener, so I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna try and I'm gonna give you your time. I am gonna have to take a break in two minutes, but yeah, I, uh, rattle I'll it off real quick because I'm so shy. I'll take my answer off there anyways. Whatever but you want. I just wanted to know uh, if these agenda items keep being served and the bad guys keep winning, 
then where do you think America will be domestically and internationally in 20 years from now? Very interesting. Uh, I had had tweeted over the past couple of days a link to the World Economic Forum, the people who bring you Davos, their website and how they have a list of like 15 things that they're going to shape the future of. But as I went to the website to find the link to share with you all, because I want you to know how vast this conspiracy is to control the world and taking away our rights are a vital first step in this country, the last bastion of objective civil liberties. On the front page of World Economic Forum, they had just put it up, the cities of the future. So uh, I I didn't have time to really scrutinize it, but I had been back and forth with uh, Dean on Twitter and Atlanta features highly in the UN kind of international city profile. I think it's on the steering committee of strong cities, UN or whatever the, uh, I think the idea is maybe not 20 years, but I think the idea has been pretty well laid out. They want the populations concentrated in cities. They want to take the land offline because the only real way to control us is to control non-scarce resources that are necessities, food, water, air, If they can't get that stuff away from us, they really cannot control us. So I think that's where they're headed. And I think uh, and I think they tell their their stories. But um, I'm going to have to view that one as a homework assignment. Where are we going to be in 20 years? Uh, I don't I I think we're headed in the wrong direction. That's for sure. But I'm going to try to keep kicking the can. And I want your help. 404-872-0750. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow. That was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. 71 the forecast high today, 46 the low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air, and I'm going to Jerry in Atlanta. Hi, Jerry. You're on with Monica. Yeah, I wanted to talk about immigration. You know, they always talk about the wall, the wall, the wall. 45% of the people over here overstayed a visa. And after 9-11, they passed a law that said if you overstay more than 60 days, you get deported. You ain't never, ever allowed back in this country for no reason. So why doesn't the president go after uh, all the people who overstayed their visas, worry about the wall later, because that's going to be hard to get that money. Um, and the thing is, is, I think they should have a national database. Everybody that overstayed a visa, every sheriff's department in the country, if there's any paper trail that leads to any of these people in their county, they should go out, hunt these people down at their job, wherever they're at, and uh, take them in and have them uh, to be deported. Because most of them are coming uh, from, they're just coming from all over the world. And we're, we're going to be $22 trillion in debt in just a couple of months. And people need to realize America's great. We can't keep taking in the world's poor. Well, I, wait, hold on. Come hold here. on. I got a couple of things for you. Uh, I think the the people who overstay their visas, I doubt they're contributing. My guess is they're contributing. I think they're probably, you know, they're not on welfare generally. I don't, maybe they are. But I think the people who are here illegally are less likely to be on welfare and probably less likely to be increasing our debt. But I have a question. What do you think about Trump's proposal to uh, give the dreamers a path to citizenship, to reduce chain migration, and to uh, reduce the visa lottery? Is that the immigration solution you were hoping for? 
Okay, it would have been fine. But what Mark Levin says, he worked under Ronald Reagan. We got done this way under Reagan. The Democrats will promise the money for the wall. They'll put $5 billion down, and then next year they'll refuse to re- uh, uh, fund another penny of it. But everybody else will get what they want, you know? Well, I don't, I have to, I sorry, I have to take a break. I did not want to cut you off. Um, personally, I think the wall should be the defense budget. I think it's a political device because national defense is like a trillion dollar budget. If we need a wall, build a wall. Uh, anyway, I think the immigration package is weird and it's not what people really wanted or expected, but it's totally off topic. So when I come back, I'm going to take Mike's call about the sheriff's interaction with Cruz, the alleged shooter in Parkland. This is Monica Perez, 800 WSB Talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.